0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 82, Understanding Your Ego. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom, so you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Can you believe it's 2021? What is going on? 2020 was just a huge blur, and I can't believe we're already in 2021. So I want to start off with a review, which I love. This was actually via email, and it's like, this is how it starts, okay? She says, I feel like a famous person just wrote me back. Can we just stop there for a minute? Do you know how unfamous I am? Do you know how normal I am? Do you know how regular I am? Do you know how plain Jane I am? Like, for real. I don't even understand. Okay, I'm not going to disclaim it, but like the more you can see yourself and me and the more I can see myself and you, then we don't have that separation. Okay. Then you can be like, okay, if she could do this, I could do this too, no matter what it is. Okay. So I just had to like clear that up. I won't repeat that part. I just discovered your podcast a couple weeks ago. I feel like it was fate. I've been struggling hard with my six-year-old and my four-year-old wild boys and my one-year-old baby girl. She's not hard behavior-wise, but she's so little. But having the baby made things just harder with the older two. Anyway, I was craving a good podcast about parenting because I was just so lost and feeling so defeated all the time. I came across yours, and I've been binging it every chance I get. I love when people binge on this work. I haven't yelled at them since I first started listening, and things are slowly changing. You changed our lives forever. Okay, I'm not getting emotional, and I'm so thankful I found you. I've learned so much about parenting and in life in general from you. My voice is cracking. What's happening? I can't wait to keep listening, and I'm going to do the parenting boot camp. Need to look it up. I need to look into that still and read the books you talk about and all the things. I could go on forever, but thank you. You're changing lives for sure. Okay, what is that all about? Like how that. You don't even understand how meaningful that is. And like, you guys are creating this podcast. I'm just the vessel. I'm just like literally channeling Every single morning, I'm like, how can I help? How can I serve? To whom much is given, much is required. What do they need to know? Tell me all the things. Ask me the questions. And so, like, literally, I just open up my heart, and I just let all of the lessons and the messages come through. It's almost like the Holy Spirit speaks through me, and then I just start talking. So, like, I know you're not really talking about me, but I also want you to know it is so hard to open yourself up and be vulnerable and put yourself out there and do all the things. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it for emails like this. Like, seriously, all my emails don't say this all the time. So I'm like, it's not about me. It's not about me. Even when it's the good emails, it's really not about me. It's about this work. And so I just want to remind you, like, whatever you're going after and whatever is tricky and whatever's hard, I want you to know that it's so hard and it's also so worth it. It's supposed to be hard. And so I talk about the ego so much on this podcast only because I just recently learned about it. Well, seven years ago was recent. I didn't even know about it my whole life. So like the earlier people can learn about this, it feels like such a mission to understand the ego. And the ego is almost like this intangible thing that we all talk about, but we don't really get. And so I thought of, well, I didn't think of it. I was meditating. I was letting my unconscious seep. All the information. And I was just like, okay, how can I? How can I? How can I? So this happened over the holidays, this analogy. You know, I'm an analogy junkie. And you know that, like, when you tell a story, like if I'm at church and the pastor tells a story, I'm like, boom, I got the lesson. When he talks about the Bible, my brain has to work so hard. And then he brings a story, and I'm like, okay, crystallized. So I thought of this story to understand the ego. Okay. So do you guys have puppies or dogs or animals or anything? Because actually, today is Maggie's third birthday. Okay, I've never had a dog. I'm 46 years old, never had a dog, didn't really get all the hype. I'm a big cat person. I like the snuggly. For me, when I heard the word dog, I heard smelly. I saw slobber. I saw loudness. I saw hyper. I saw the things that like are quote unquote the negative things about dogs, but that's all I saw when I would think about getting a dog. I'm like stinky, smelly, slobbery, loud, rambunctious non-cuddly I thought dogs were non-cuddly like what okay so then the kids pretty much beat us down to a pulp because Dave and I were both very strong nose I'm like if we do anything it's a cat well Dave is allergic to cats so that was out the window but I did like the idea of them having a dog and so it was years of me being no 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 then my friend Janet and Steve hi Janet Steve you're listening they had many many moons ago a Wheaton Terrier okay So then the kids were like making PowerPoints, they're leaving notes on our desks, they're talking about it morning, noon, and night. They were like showing their responsibility by doing extra chores. This went on for years, okay? We do show and tell on Sundays and they would make a PowerPoint and hear all the reasons why we should have a pet. Here are all the pros. And then they'd be like, and there are no cons. And so... I was a hard no. And then I was like, well, maybe if we got a Wheaton Terrier. And David was like, no, 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 no. His whole thing was like, he loved dogs or loves dogs, but he thought you couldn't travel. It, like, he likes, you know, we go to my dad's in Naples a lot. And we just, you know, we just like to be kind of a, a little spontaneous with our little, we take a lot of mini trips, not like, you know, jet setting across the world where we can drive, like go to Orlando, do all the things. So his whole thing is, I don't think we can really travel with the dog. So long story longer. The kids beat us down. I finally was like, maybe if we got a and Terrier. I knew Mindy, the dog's name was Mindy, the and Terrier that Janet and Steve had. And then I was like, what about a and Terrier, David? And then usually if I said anything about a dog, he's like, nah, nah, nah. And then I said, what about a and Terrier? And he goes, huh. And that's all he said. I was like, doors wide open. So anyway, three years ago, we got Maggie. And it is literally one of the best family decisions we've made as a family. Well, it was really the kids made the decision and they just kind of like beat us down and we finally said yes. And oh my, I I wouldn't say I enjoyed the puppy stage so much because I didn't know it was going to get better. I thought this was like our life. Like I was just staring at this puppy like, are you going to pee? Are you going to pee? Are you going to pee? And it consumed my thoughts. So we got a trainer, we got lots of help, and now her third birthday is today. Happy birthday, Maggie. And literally one of the greatest decisions we've ever made because she brings so much love, kindness, unconditional love. I feel safer when she's in the house because if she hears anything outside, she's like, or she starts like growling. And I just can't say enough good things about what she's done for our family as a family unit. We're all working together to take care of her. I mean, we are obsessed with her, okay? So all that to say, her only job in this life is to love us and protect us. And it's such a mission in unconditional love. When you're around Maggie or when you're with animals in general, like horses, cats, I don't know about birds, but just animals in general, when you have that connection, it is like, I got your back and you got my back and there's nothing you need to do to earn my love. And there's nothing we need to do to earn her love. That's the crazy part is like dogs in general and cats in general and animals in general are the epitome of unconditional love. Okay, all that to say, I think dogs are a lot like our egos because our egos only job is to love and protect the little girl or the little boy inside of all of us. And so when we had people over for the holidays, she was very on edge like are these people safe? Is this okay? What's going on? Now, Maggie on an average day probably sleeps 95% of her day. Not really, but for 3 years old, she acts like she's 13. She's I wouldn't say she's lazy, but she's lazy. Like she's not like asking for go for walks. It's not like if we don't give her a walk, she's gonna be hyper. We just take her for walks because we you know it's a bonding thing and all the good stuff. But we don't do it. Like some dogs need to walk to get out their energy. Maggie is like, I would consider she's the lazy bones. We're always like, Lay down, Mags, had a tough day. Oh, you poor thing. Like we're always like making fun of how much she's just like always lounging and she follows us around the clock. And when all four of us are home, she kind of feels indifferent of like, where should I lay first? Where should I lay? Where who do I who do I go to now when all four of us are home? So, there are some things that really, really trigger her. So, when she sees the vacuum, for some reason, she thinks that the vacuum is going to hurt us, and she gets really barky, and she never barks. She doesn't bark. That's just one of the things. Most and Terriers don't bark. The five that I've known, they don't bark, but some do. Maggie's not, I would say, a barker. People go by, she's not a barker. The vacuum cleaner makes her get a cray-cray. The lawn men, for some reason, it used to make her bark and now she just is very on edge. She'll follow them. Like if they come inside our patio, cause we have grass inside of our fenced in area. If they come in that area, then she's like following them around. She's staring them down and she's not growling, but she's very on edge. Now remember her default is just like chill, relaxed, like so lazy bones. And so when there's lawn men or the vacuum cleaner, those are the two things that get her amped up. So when we had people over, you can imagine, her only job is to love and protect. So every time someone new came in the house, like she knew like my mom and dad and my sister and, you know, she knew all of them. But then we had our friend from church come and then she brought her roommate. And so Maggie was so on edge. And then the roommate was very scared of Maggie and she had special needs. So we tried to like let her know, like, she's very safe, she's not gonna hurt you. But Maggie would like sniff her feet and then she would yell like, Like, because she thought she was in danger. And so Maggie picked up on that energy of like, ooh. And so they were having like this kind of friction, so to speak. And so my brother-in-law, Dan, was here and he was like on Maggie patrol. And he kept saying like, is Maggie okay? Like she hasn't, does this dog ever sleep? Her heart is racing right now. And she was just very on edge because she felt the edginess of the people in the home that were new. And it was like, I'm here to protect you. And I don't know if these people are safe. And so... When the Amazon people come, or UPS, or a mail carrier, we don't have windows in our doors, so she can't see who's outside. But if she hears footsteps outside, her ears are like sonic ears. She just... We'll be like, or if I'm in the bedroom with her working, which is not close to the front door, and she hears someone in our driveway, I'll feel her get on edge and she'll get out of attention. Let's just put it that way. She might run in circles. She might just kind of like stare at the door, kind of sniff the door. And so I'll just calmly tell her, I'm like, Maggie, it's okay. It's just Amazon. It's just UPS. It's just FedEx. And they come a lot because I love online shopping. And I'm like, they're here to bring us toys and gifts. It's all good. It's all. And especially during the holidays, they've been coming a lot more often. So it's like she has these different levels of protection based on what's going on. And so that's Maggie in a nutshell. She has different tiers of vacuum is code red, level 10. Like this is an emergency. Most of the times the kids will walk the dog and then David will vacuum while the kids are walking the dog. And then if he has to do the whole house, then they might go to like the second or third lake a little bit further because... We need a little bit more time. It's just not worth the stress of the dog or of us because it's very stressful to see our dog so upset over something that doesn't need to make her upset. But that's code 10. Okay, on the scale, like code one is just her laying around. Then if the UPS, FedEx, there's someone in our driveway, so to speak, a doorbell ring, she just starts to Rrr. She doesn't growl, but she'll just kind of like, she kind of makes these noises. She'll start sniffing. If you ever come to our house, Maggie will sniff you up and down like she's sniffing for drugs. You will pretty much get frisked by her nose. Her nose is so sensitive and she constantly is. We make so much fun of the wh- amount of that she sniffs. And so that's like a code five UPS. And then I would say lawn people, it used to be a level 10, but now because it's every single Monday, every single Monday, every single Monday, she's kind of gotten used to it. She's not happy about it, but it's probably a level seven. Okay. Why am I telling you this all about our dog? I am obsessed with my dog, but I'm not telling you this all to talk about my dog. I'm saying this because there's nothing wrong with what Maggie's doing. She's doing her job. Her job in her life she thinks is to love us and protect us. So when she sees a vacuum, when she sees the lawn people, when she hears someone in our driveway, that falls in the line of protection. And so she lets us know, I don't feel safe and I don't think you should feel safe either. So let's all be on guard. And then I kindly tell Maggie or David will or the kids will, it's okay. It's just the FedEx person. It's just the the lawn people. They're here to cut our yard. And we talk in a very sing-song voice and thank you for protecting us, Maggie. We love you. You don't need to be scared. It's okay. okay, we got your back. And so this is how our ego works, okay? This is huge to get this connection because a lot of people think that you'll take action once the fear, the anxiety, the code 10 goes away. What I try to teach every single day is that you have to coexist with the dog, with the ego, and do the thing anyway. And this kind of goes back to hard versus harder and When you try something new, your ego will flare up and tell you all the reasons why this is not a good idea. This is not safe. Kind of like when the UPS person comes, the ego comes out of Maggie and says, this is not safe. We need to protect this family at all costs. And that's what your ego does when you try to do something new. When you try to something little like empty your dishwasher, your brain will say, you don't need to do that. You can put that on hold because it doesn't want to take action. It spins out in overwhelming confusion instead because that's easier. Maggie's our guard dog, and your ego is your guard dog for the little girl or little boy inside of you that is so afraid of messing it up, doing it wrong, or that old programming and old conditioning that was put there by someone else. Someone else who had thoughts about you that were how they felt about themselves projected onto you. But when you're little, you take that as fact. So I would say the more toxic or more unhealthy or the more negative messages you heard about yourself growing up, the bigger your ego is going to be. Now, when you hear big ego, you think, oh, my goodness, that person's so full of themselves. It's just the exact opposite. The ego does not want to be touched. The ego does not want to be bruised or even at because it gets very aggressive because it's trying to protect the little girl because when the little girl or little boy experienced pain, trauma, stress as a child, they took it to mean something about themselves. So then the ego got bigger and bigger and bigger to protect the little girl or the little boy because when we're little, we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. The little kid doesn't know what to do, so it does one of those three modes. And so the ego gets bigger and bigger because it has to go in more of a protection mode. Fast forward to when you're an adult, that ego is still there. Now, ego is like Maggie. The ego never goes away, and I don't want you to think that you're supposed to get rid of your ego. Yes, there is some shedding, and yes, it gets less intense, but it never goes away. Just like Maggie, when she sees the lawn people, she's less intense now, but she's still on edge because of the lawn people being inside of our fenced-in area. When she hears them outside, she gets on edge. But when she sees them through the hurricane doors, she sees them through the glass. Then she starts following them like, oh, you're not going to mess with these people because I love them so much. So the ego is actually a place of love, just like Maggie's coming from a place of love. Now, what I try to teach parents and teach humans in general is to coexist with that ego and know that it's doing its job, not to beat it up, not to get angry. Because when Maggie is getting protective of us, when she hears the Amazon people in our driveway, we don't yell at her, we don't hit her, we don't give in to her and let her go, you know, lick on the FedEx drivers. We do right in the middle, we do the Goldilocks parenting. It's okay, Maggie, nothing's in danger, nothing's gone wrong. So when you go to do the thing that's changed, it's going to feel scary, it's going to feel hard, it's gonna feel uncomfortable, and it's supposed to you're gonna coexist with that ego because the ego is just coming from fear and lack. Ego does not mean you're too hot to try it, you feel so like, you're feeling like you're so amazing. It's actually the exact opposite for the most part. Sometimes ego shows up and that person on Wall Street who thinks they're hot and they need the Lamborghini and they need all the bells and whistles, they're kind of overcompensating sometimes, not always, but they're sometimes overcompensating. And so when you know that your ego is there and it's coming from lack and fear, then you can be at peace with it and seeing it for what it is and coexist with it, just like Maggie does now with the lawn people. The vacuum, she does not coexist with. So when you go to do the new thing, the new thing could be, I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to become a life coach. So I'm going to go to Kelly for help. I'm going to stop yelling at my kids. I'm going to have a happier marriage. I'm going to have an organized house with systems and then systems for my systems. I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to go live on Facebook. I'm going to face the old pain that I've been carrying around with me. I'm gonna try doing yoga four times a week. I'm gonna meditate three times a week. I'm gonna start journaling. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Whatever that I'm going to is, you're going to feel a lot of discomfort because of the growth. Now, like I always say from Brooks' quote, you either feel the discomfort of growth or you feel the discomfort of stagnation. They're both uncomfortable and they're both hard. They're just hard in different ways. It's hard to keep an organized house and sometimes people think it's harder to have a house with lots of clutter. It's hard to build a business online. Some people think it's harder to live on the hamster wheel. Some people think it's hard to do laundry. Some people think it's harder to let the laundry pile up and live in laundry. Some people think it's hard to put yourself out there and have a blog, but then some people think it's harder not to because it's a mission and a passion that drives you versus about what other people are thinking. Some people think it's hard to write a book, but other people think it's harder to keep that book inside of you because it's literally coming out of you. Some people think it's hard to have an Etsy shop. Some people think it's harder not to create and be creative and put yourself out there and put your artwork out there. Do you see how I could go on and on and on about the hard versus harder? But whatever you choose, the guard dog, the Maggie will come up. I promise on a stack of Bibles because I'm on episode 82 and my ego pops up every single time. I work out five to six days a week. Every time I go for a run, every time I go to lift, every time I go to rollerblade, every time I go to do a workout and press play, every time I ride my bike, my brain says, you don't need to do this. You could just stay in your car. You could just stay in bed. You don't need to do this. You did it yesterday. Chill out. When I go to the podcast, my brain says, who do you think you are? Your kid just had a meltdown last week. Your life isn't perfect. Your marriage isn't perfect. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are is probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks that comes up with my ego. And I was parenting so much when I was started parenting. I was so afraid of messing it up. So I was parenting from that fear based place and that ego place, and that's where I was messing it up. Where I was in the schools, it felt very natural because I wasn't worried about messing it up, so to speak. It was like, how could I mess up something that I've gone my whole life and studied and have a master's degree in? How can I mess these up with these beautiful souls in my classroom? I was destined to do this. But when I became a parent, because of the years of infertility, because I had parents that I looked up to and put on pedestals, because I dealt with so many behavior problems, I came from so much fear and lack. And so my ego was roaring, roaring in this relationship when I was a parent. I was code 10 all the time. My kids would not share their toys and I would flip out and everything was about nipping in the bud, nipping in the bud, nipping in the bud. And so my overreaction was all coming from a place I was telling myself, well, I have to nip it in the bud versus coming from a place of like, this child doesn't understand how to share yet and that's okay. She or he just needs more practice. Just like when my students would get math problems wrong, I wouldn't say, oh my gosh, I'm a bad teacher. I'm like, this child just needs more practice in this area. This child just needs extra homework. This child just needs extra lessons for me one-on-one. This child needs the parents to get involved so maybe they can do some facts at home. So I never came from a place of like, there's something wrong with me. I was like, and there was nothing wrong with the child. I'm like, this child just needs more practice. So if we can come at all the things with this child just needs more practice in this area versus something's gone wrong, then we get really curious and we're not so furious. So just know that the ego never goes away, no matter what. You just learn to coexist it, just like the lawn people are never go away, and now Maggie just learns to coexist it. So the Maggie in you, the ego in you will always be there. You just learn to coexist, and it never goes away. The fear, the scarcity, the not being good enough, all of that is going to coexist, and you're gonna do it anyway. So just know that it's hard and it's supposed to be hard, and then you just tell yourself things like, I can do hard things. This is supposed to be hard. This is growth. I'd rather feel growth than I would stagnation. And on and on, whatever mantra works for you, those really seem to work for me when I'm doing the thing. And just think about all the people that you can help. When you have that book buried inside of you, you're not helping anybody. When you have that blog post hiding inside of you, you're not helping anybody. When you are holding that podcast inside of you, you're not helping anybody. And to who much is given, much is required. So if you're given the gift and you go through a challenge and you're on the other side of it, it's such a responsibility and a passion and a pull to help the other person in that same situation versus keeping inside of you because it's scary to put yourself out there. Just know that you can coexist with your ego and it never goes away and that's okay. It's not supposed to. I'll talk to you next week. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home And to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.